Welcome to VipFriends Podcast, Living Life and Love. I'm your host, Mark Braxton from Raleigh, North Carolina. VipFriends is a national vitiligo support community founded by Valerie Molino. For more information, you can visit us at www.vitfriends.org. You can also call us at 844-374-3639. Again, that is 844-374-3639. VitFriends Podcast is sponsored by My Vitiligo Team. Welcome to Living Life and Love. I'm your host, Mark Braxton from Raleigh, North Carolina. So today I have a very special guest. That is Nia Rose. Welcome, Nia. Hi, Mark. Thank you. And thank you so much for asking me to do this. Absolutely. Absolutely. And and I'm going to say this before I let you officially introduce yourself. (laughs) I see everyone has a story to tell and every story is very important. Every story. Absolutely. So I try not to um, push anybody to the side and say, oh, you're not important enough. No, we all have something to tell and something to share. And it's going to impact someone out there who's listening. Awesome. Absolutely. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. So, Nia, if you will go ahead and introduce yourself and tell our <laughs> listeners where you're from and the type of work you do, and then we'll get into our conversation. Okay. Well, my name is Nia Rose. Um, I was born in Washington, D.C., but by the age of five, uh, due to my mom's promotion, we moved to Baltimore, Maryland. So generally, when folks ask me where I'm from, I always say Baltimore, but I still have, you know, relatives and family in D.C. as well as Baltimore. And um, it's just been my home. And every once in a while, I do have to go home and let my feet touch Maryland soil so right. I can remind myself, yes, this is where I'm from. I'm not there now, but this is where I'm from. Absolutely. And, and you know, it's funny, you, you can't escape your past. <laughs> right. <laughs> exactly. A lot of people know I'm from Raleigh, North Carolina, um, by where I live. Mm-hmm. However, I, I, I was born in New Jersey. Okay. But I was raised in a place called Friendship, North Carolina, which I claim friendship. But mm-hmm. I live in Raleigh now. So you hear those things come up from time to time when I'm talking to people. Um, I'll always say friendship is where I was raised. Um, but yes, mm-hmm. I was born in New Jersey. And yeah. most of my family is in New Jersey. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. 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 So I wanted to have you on my podcast because um, I, I heard briefly your story. And mm-hmm. I think your story is very powerful and impactful to anyone that hears it. And it, it makes me think about the students we serve in our school systems. You know, mm-hmm. sometimes we get tied into thinking our students are going to be one way forever. And that's not who they are. Our okay. students can change. Yes. People can change. Yes. You know, and we have this unhealthy habit of tying people to their past, tying mm-hmm. people to their present, and not thinking about how they can change for the future. Absolutely. I agree with you 100%. Um, so I want, to, I want to start a little bit. Um, I know you've had some some challenges mm-hmm. in your early, early life. Um, is there anything you can start and share with about maybe your high school years that impacted you, that started you on the path that you were on, and we'll talk about how you came out of some things. 
Gotcha. Um, I, I do just want to briefly mention, you know, before high school, there were some very traumatic experiences that happened to me as a child. And um, I do believe that those things that happened to me as a child influenced who I became, you know, especially during my high school years. And not to offend anybody, but, um, you know, the trauma that I went through as a child was I was sexually abused. Right. And um, the perpetrator, you know, threatened me to stay quiet. Otherwise, he was going to hurt my mother. So I never told anybody. And I finally ended up, um, gosh, I can't remember, maybe at the age of 32 or something, telling my mother what had happened. And she was like, oh, my God, I wish, you know, that you had been able to tell me then right. because I could have done something about it. Um, but, you know, then going into high school with this trauma, like, you know, like how you have that albatross kind of hanging around right. sometimes. So I'm I'm carrying this albatross suffering from low self-esteem. I There were times I couldn't even look at the mirror in myself because I didn't love or value myself. And I would look in the mirror and think, you know, you're horrible, you're ugly, you're, you know, you're never going to amount to anything. And those were the things I would say to myself. Right. And so as a way to kind of work through that, left to my own devices and, you know, my family and friends can tell you that's not always a good thing. But I got into drugs and alcohol in high school and I found that drugs and alcohol took that all away. You know, I was like the big dog. I mean, when I was high and everything like that, you couldn't tell me anything. Um, but when I was sober, all of that would come back. Right. And so my high school years were very tumultuous. I got into a lot of trouble, and, but somehow I graduated. And to this day, I can't even tell you how <laughs> that <Wow>. happened. <laughs> but, but you know, no, Nia, we're going to come back to that. I think about our students. Um, mm -hmm. I'm at, a, at an elementary school, mm -hmm. and we have some challenging students. I work with those challenging students. I have to mm -hmm. intervene with those students. Yep. And I like to say challenging because I don't always want to say problem. You know, we always say this kid has problems. Yeah, we all have problems. We all have things we're dealing with. Mm -hmm. But our students tend to come with a different set of challenges that we don't always know. You know, and it could be a situation, as you mentioned earlier, or something else, or things they have seen their parents do, mm -hmm. or maybe they witnessed the parent, you know, could be assaulted or themselves being assaulted, um, or mm -hmm. and or, you know, drug use, different things. Mm -hmm. And our students tend to bring what's happening at home to school. Absolutely. We are focused on educating our students, but we're not truly, and, and it's not in all cases, but we're not truly supporting them from the root, you know, because mm -hmm. we don't, we don't always understand what that root is. Mm -hmm. um, and it does follow them to middle mm -hmm. school, high school, high school college, college and beyond. And beyond. Yep. Um, Absolutely. Can you share a little, uh, just a little bit more? Because I, I, I know high school is a tough time. Um, mm -hmm. You know, high school, we are experimenting with a lot of different things. And mm -hmm. you mentioned the drug use. And um, how did that affect, like, your friendships or other relationships around you? 
the friends, quote unquote, that I had were people who I was partying with who were using drugs and alcohol as well. Right. So I didn't hang out with what we would call the good kids because to me they were boring. Right. You know, they were about studying and getting good grades, and, and that's not what kind of time I was on. Um, much to the dismay of my mother and my grandmother who were raising me, and I mean, they kept trying to intervene and do things for me. Right. Um, I think I had mentioned, you know, my mom sent me to modeling school, and I was taking piano and ballet lessons. You know, she was trying to make me into something that I didn't want to be. And, and speaking about the students that, you know, we deal with within the Wake County public school system, we don't know what they go home to at night. Absolutely. We don't know. And then, you know, we, to me, the expectation is then they'll come into school every day, you know, and act like, you know, these goody two-shoe kids, but we don't know what kind of right. issues that they're dealing with, which... Right could be a variety of things and that just breaks my heart and and that goes as well as to the staff right uh, right you know we don't know what staff goes home to Absolutely. after they leave school as well so you know i'm glad you said that because i say at school we often focus a lot on the students but we don't think about the adults and what we're dealing with what we're going through um oh, and i, and I can say that even now with myself uh, with my father being sick, mm -hmm. you know, I I personally felt I couldn't share it with everybody because mm -hmm. so much is riding on me being present at school. Mm -hmm. um, but I I saw this picture of a lion and was taking a nap, and I started thinking. I said, you know, even the king of beasts need to rest at times. Mm -hmm. You know, I said, no matter how strong we think we are. We've got to rest because right. different things can happen to our bodies. We can shut down, you know, we can get sick mm -hmm. ourselves. Sometimes we have colleagues in the school system that may lean them themselves towards alcohol to desensitize, <laughs> desensitize themselves from, you know, the day, the kids and everything else and or mm -hmm. something stronger, you know. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it's the reality of people being stressed and feeling like right. they have no one to go to. Even if right. there's people there, they still feel like there's no one. Exactly, exactly. Which for me is the blessing of, of what I do for Wake County, which is to take care of all the employees and make sure that you guys engage in self-care. And I mean, not just talk about it, but I mean, actually implement it into your daily life, realizing if you don't take care of you, you can't you know, go Absolutely. to work every day and do what you need to do. And it goes back to that analogy of putting your oxygen mask on first so you can help right. other people, you know. So um, that's what's exciting about what I'm doing now. And, and this job is such a blessing. But I can't tell you how many staff members I've talked to that when I ask them about what do you go home to at night, they talk about, I'm caretaking for an elderly parent. Right. My kids are out of control. My my spouse beats me up every night. Right. Financially, we're struggling. And, you know, and it's like, again, the expectation is, okay, but still, when you come to school every day, we expect you to operate at 150%. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know? 
which is ludicrous. Right, Absolutely. right. But I think that's where society thinks. And for anyone out there listening to our podcast, if you know someone in education, it's not what you see on TV where you think you have the perfect kids. They're sitting there, they're listening, they're answering questions, and it's the mm -hmm. perfect class. Or sometimes what you see, like on a news clip, they show the perfect classroom for 20 seconds. Yeah, right. right. And as soon as you're done, you don't see the child who just flipped over the chair or that child that kicked the chair, picked it up, threw it across the room, or slid across the table, ran uh -huh. across the table. I mean, yep. all these things that you're like, that doesn't happen in the schools. Oh, yes, it does. Oh, yes, it does. <laughs> if yes, not more. It does. Exactly. exactly. And I'm just talking about elementary school kids right now, you know? Mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, right. And I was laughing with my colleagues, um, not in the school system, but uh, a couple of friends that did a podcast with me, and we were just kind of sharing our days. And I said, you know, I got punched in the face twice by a five-year-old. Mm. He mm. punched me in my jaw, then he punched me in my mouth. And I, and I said, oh. there like, wow, what happened? You know? Oh, my goodness. But this, these are things we deal with. Um, right. And we process right. what's happening at work. Then we go home with the hopes that there's someone there who can help us um, wind down relax we can talk to a shoulder to lean on and sometimes we don't have that yep. you know because mm -hmm. we have to go home and be strong again and, right. and we don't have the proper support in place so yes i am thankful that you your department is doing what you're doing for our mm -hmm. staff um mm -hmm. uh and and i'm gonna let you know because your department's new correct yes we just yeah. started in july yep and see last december i was done because we didn't have any support for us and that was my issue i said wow. as we're supporting the students who's supporting us right and that was in you know my exit interview i said there's no support for us so when mm -hmm. we're falling apart when we need somebody to talk to mm -hmm. who can we talk to mm -hmm. and it's mm -hmm. good to know that we have somebody listen i don't know who listened to wake county but somebody <laughs> said you know what staff need support and we exactly do. exactly Absolutely. and and i'll tell you this very funny thing when i was interviewing for the position i asked the people interviewing me i said what took you so long to get right. something like this in place Absolutely. I mean, yeah you know come on now but and then they they still hired me after i asked <laughs> that question so <laughs> and we're going to get back to your story but i think this is still important i think what took so long for I think not just for Wake County, but any school system or any business to to have that component that support their staff, they were losing people, mm -hmm. losing mm -hmm. people that people were quitting. Yep. Uh, people were burned out and just never showed up. Some resigned. Some people passed away on the job. Um, yeah. So I think as a business, you got to look at it. How do I protect my people? How do right. I keep my people? Right. And I think that's what Wake County said. Uh, we have to keep people. But in order to keep people, as I say at school uh, and other businesses and other things I've done, you know, in order to keep the people, you got to feed the people. Mm -hmm. You got to take mm -hmm. care of them. Yeah. yeah. You know? and, and those people need to know that I work for a system that cares about who I am, my well-being, right. and everything like that. Because that's how you keep good people. Now, the bad ones, yeah, y'all y'all can go ahead and stay. <laughs> right. <laughs> but, but the good ones, we want y'all to stay. And, right. And that's what it boils down to. Absolutely. So yeah. so I have a question about 
Okay, so you went through the challenging time with the drugs and um, what was that impact on your life at that time? Um, not to where you are now, but just leading up to that. What were some of the stages of impacts of it, uh, just with the drug abuse and things? It it made me into a person that I didn't like being because, you know, drugs and alcohol cost money. So right. I started engaging in activities like stealing and hustling and everything like that to support, you know, what at that time I loved doing. But it made me into somebody that, and, and I joke with people about this, if you're driving down the streets of East Baltimore, where I'm from, and you saw me on the corner, you would roll your windows up and lock the door. Wow. wow. You know, because that's, just, I mean, you could look at me and see that that's the kind of person I was. And right. which made me hate myself and loathe myself even more, which then exacerbated, well, let me do more drugs to try and, you know, alleviate that. And so it right. became such a, a vicious cycle of um, self-hatred, uh, self-abuse, doing things to other people that I would not imagine doing today. So the, the impact was tremendous. Right. And, and that doesn't even begin to touch on it, but it was, it was really tremendous um, in how I viewed myself. Absolutely. And, and going through that, like, I relate it back to our kids again. Because when we see our kids at their worst in the school system, we tend to go, oh, no, here comes that child. Oh, no, that mm -hmm. child again. And we never think about maybe that child just needs somebody to talk to. Maybe that right. child just needs a hug or a smile or a hello just to make sure you are noticed to make sure they know they're present, too, you know, or somebody's there present for them. Exactly. Um, what was that? turning point in your life that really helped you transition out of that, that stage of needing substances and other things? Well, it continued from high school and then I went to college and I, I wanted to go to an HBCU historically. <laughs> so right. I, I chose University of Maryland, flunked out uh, because of my drug use, because the other thing that happened while I was there is I got introduced to heroin which I just fell in love with and had a love affair. And of course, all the behaviors that go along with trying to support that kind of habit. Right. And that led me into doing some really harsh criminal activities. Um, and I, I don't want to offend anybody, but I mean, I'm just speaking my truth. Right. Right. Um, you know, I started selling drugs. I was hustling on the street. I ended up shooting a man because he owed me money, right. which ended me up in prison. And I was supposed to serve 25 to life. Wow. Um, but I ended up serving only five years, nine months, 26 days, eight hours and 22 minutes. Wow. Because uh, my mother <laughs> found this shyster lawyer who said, this isn't a criminal. This is a drug addict who needs help. And so right. that turning point was that I got out of prison and went into treatment for 30 days and then went into a halfway house. But while I was still in prison, I got introduced to Narcotics Anonymous. And initially, I would go to the meetings just to drink the coffee and have the sugar because they didn't right. allow that in prison. Right. But okay. then I started listening to these people and they're like, 
you know, you can't live without drugs and alcohol. And initially, I thought they were crazy. But after I kept going to the meetings and listening and meeting some people that I knew on the streets who had cleaned their life up, I'm like, well, if they can do it, I guess I can too. So, you know, after going through treatment, but the, the funny story about Halfway House, I actually ended up leaving before I was supposed to because I was still crazy. I wasn't using, but I was crazy. And I married this guy that I met while I was in treatment. So I ended up eloping from the halfway house at two o'clock in the morning. I'm throwing my clothes and stuff out the window to him. <laughs> He's down in his car picking up my stuff. And then I snuck out the window and left. So I, but I didn't use. I wasn't right, using. right. <laughs> but I was wow. still crazy. Yes, indeed. So, um, um wow. And, and for listeners, let me say this, you know, I know sometimes uh, people think that every story is a happy story, which there's a happy ending. That's the thing. Yeah. But but to get there, sometimes you have to, I'm going to say, walk through the mud to yes. get to dry land, you know, um, and everybody's story is important. You know, you and I kind of talked about that before. You know, we all have a story. Mm-hmm. Every story is important. Um, every journey has things that somebody's going to take from it and somebody's going to say, you know what, either that's me or I know somebody who can benefit mm-hmm. from this story to understand that life is all about change. Right. You know, yes. there's going to be some bad change. Change is not always good, but change is not mm-hmm. always bad, you know, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. you have to want to change. And what I'm hearing from you, yes. you want it to change. You know, yes. Yes. and change is not always easy. Let's be realistic. It's not always easy, mm-hmm. but you have to stick with it. Exactly. Um, so can you, you with the programs you went through, and, and I know you just said you jumped, you loped and you got out the window and everything. <laughs> how, how did you get back, back into the program? <laughs> well, the funny thing is I still continued to go to meetings and I had a sponsor and I worked the 12 steps even throughout all that insanity. And it led me to eventually leave that husband because he was still crazy. And um, the the other funny thing about that is he was a white man and his family hated me and hated the fact that he had married a black woman. And so I told him, I said, the one thing that's gonna end this marriage is if you call me the N word. Right. And we were arguing about money one day. He called me the N word. I took a magazine off the coffee table, rolled it up, hit him in his head and walked out the door and never went back. And we eventually um, got divorced, thank goodness. But throughout all of that, I continued to go to meetings and do what my sponsor suggested I do. Right. And I didn't use. And I stayed clean and I tried to help other people. And I kept saying, you do not want to do what I did. Okay, right, so, right. <laughs> you know, let me just help you by telling you my story so you don't repeat. Um, and, and the good thing about that, with you sharing your story, you're telling somebody, I've been through it. You know, mm-hmm. I know what it's like. Like mm-hmm. me personally, I can't say because I, you know, I never use drugs. I never smoke cigarettes, anything like that. Because, well, first of all, I have asthma and I'm afraid mm. if I smoke anything, I can't breathe, you know, so mm-hmm. I'm not going to do it. But 
you mm -hmm. know, but like there's certain things we could talk about because we've lived it, yeah. you know, and sometimes yeah. we could talk about things because we have studied it, but I, I feel like the lived experience is so much more powerful mm -hmm. than I learned about it from a book because the book is not going to teach you the stuff that you see, you know, it, right. it'll, it'll give you an overview. Right. But you right. can keep it real and say, no, this is what it's really like. This exactly. is how it feels. This is what, you know, I saw or didn't see. This is how it made me, you know, like mm -hmm. your story can really impact someone to for them to say, oh, no, she truly understand what I'm going through. And exactly. Um, exactly. And, and and that's important. Yes. You know, I even say with the vitiligo community, and we'll get to that a little bit later, but with the vitiligo mm -hmm. community, understanding is very important. Like, I understand our journey because I'm living it, you know. Mm -hmm. There are some things about vitiligo maybe I have not experienced. Um, mm -hmm. I, I've never done light box treatment or anything like that, mm -hmm. but there are some things I can talk about, the feelings and the emotions oh. and the, the roller coaster oh. ride that you go on. I know mm -hmm. about it because I lived it. You know, mm -hmm. um, let, let's talk about importance of support. You know, you talked about the groups, the group that you're in. Mm -hmm. um, I know for men, it's hard for us to seek support because we think we can do it all ourselves. You know, I'm tough. <laughs> I don't need anybody. But right. let's talk about why is that so important to have the groups to have like your family there to have others who had this those shared experiences to support you on your journey it is crucially important and i will share that one of the reasons i became a therapist is because after i left my husband and all i went into therapy um and learned that you've got to have people around you who will cheer you on you know, when you're doing all the right things, but who will also call you on the carpet when you're messing up. Right, right. And, you know, it's like, okay, Nia, do you think that was the best decision you could have made at that point in time? Let's talk about this. So support from a therapist, support my family is phenomenal. And, and I will tell you that in the midst of my addiction, there were some family members that... I would go to their house and steal stuff from, and then I'd go back to see them and they would see me come in and they would lock the door and close the curtains and act like they weren't home. Right. But who are fully supportive of me now because I am different. Right. Friends, friends who are doing good and healthy things who again will cheerlead you, but will also call you when you're doing dumb stuff. Right. And there's nothing in my life that would have contributed to me being the person I am today by myself. Right. I, I couldn't have done this by myself. I needed people to say, you know what? You need to take your behind to a meeting and talk mm -hmm. about what's right, going right. on with you. Or you need to talk to your therapist about that. Or like my, my younger sister is my best friend she and I can talk about any and everything. And she will say, you know, I was really stupid, but you know what? <laughs> right. <laughs> the good thing that you did about that. It, it's crucial to have that kind of support. And, you know, going back, looking at the school system, 
it's crucial for our students to have that kind of support right. and our staff to have that kind of support because um, you can't do this on your own. Absolutely. You know, there's some small changes you can certainly make on your own. Absolutely. But you need people that, you know, are ride or die and they brought right, you back. Right. And two, we have to be open about it. We have to say, I need help. Yep. I think that's the hardest step for a lot of us to say, I need help. Yes. Or I need company or I need somebody to talk to. I need this, you know. Right. Because it, everybody wants to be strong. Right. Right. But there's strength in saying what you need. You know, <laughs> we tell the kids that all the time. Say what you need. Say what you need. But then as, as adults, we don't say it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> right? mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And and I've said it to my colleagues many times. If you need to step away from that classroom, call me. Mm -hmm. If you need to take a break, call me. You have my number. Text right. me. Call me in a walkie-talkie. Just say, I need 10 minutes. Exactly. Cool. Go take your 10 minutes. Yep. I say, if you need to go outside and breathe, yell, whatever, run around the track, go do it. You know, exactly. whatever's going to take to help you. Because I'm learning myself that I'm going to turn my walkie off and I eat and I ain't answering that walkie talkie because I need my time too. <laughs> that's, and that's yeah. so true. And yeah. that's, that's good self-care. And, you know, the thing too about that, again, in working with people, a lot of folks think, well, if I ask for help, people are going to think I'm weak. Right. No, 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 no. I, I believe it is a sign of honor and courage to tell somebody, you know what, I'm, I'm struggling right now. I'm not doing well. Can I talk to you or is there anything you might be able to do to help me? And and I champion people who step up and say, I need help. I really right. do. Absolutely. And, and that's what I did. Yeah. When you talk about vitiligo, I reached out to a community in 2019. I should have done it a lot sooner mm -hmm. because they, they have been trying to get me for probably a couple of years. Mm. I would go to... Um, like the African-American festival, this festival, and they will always find me. I'm mm -hmm. like, thousands of people out here, and you find me. Mm -hmm. I don't have much on my face. I have it on my hands, legs. I wasn't wearing, uh, wearing shorts at the time. Mm -hmm. I, how did you see my mm -hmm. hands in that crowd? I'm like, come on. <laughs> right. But right. We, exactly. we have this radar. We can we notice people at Vitiligo. So they would give they me cards, cards and, and I would take I the would card and card put in my pocket, put it on my, desk, on my desk, and that was it. Mm -hmm. But I knew I needed help. I knew I needed to um, have that support, but I didn't know how to approach it. Yeah. Until one day, 2019, I picked up that card uh, after, um, after being told, you know, some things about myself being insecure and all that stuff, and the little girl saying, you're a butterfly. I mm -hmm. picked up that card and called. No, mm -hmm. I reached out to a brother in the community. I said, hey, I want to join the community. He was mm. like, come on, this is what we're doing this day. Come on out. Right. It was the best step I could have ever made. Exactly. Um, exactly. It has progressed so fast where I serve on um, the board for a national organization and one of the leaders for the state of North Carolina um, for one of the global organizations that work on their uh, communications committee. I have connected with people all around the world. It, it's just, it has been great. It's been a great awesome. experience, you know. Awesome. Um, and now I feel like I'm helping others through the podcast, you know, right. different right. topics, different titles. Right. Now, I do want to talk about something. I, I wrote this down 
Um, mm -hmm. One thing you said, I am different. I like that. Mm -hmm. I see on social media a lot of times people would say, you need to have friends just like you. Mm. I do not want friends just like me. <laughs> I want friends to love me, to respect me, but I don't want somebody with my same personality, my same habits, my mm -hmm. same flaws, my same challenges. No, I want somebody who's different. They bring something different to the table. Exactly. Exactly. And and I, you know, I always say for myself, there's one of me. The world does not need another me. <laughs> right, <Okay>. right. <laughs> you know, I, I don't think you can handle it. No, and you think about some of the biggest negative influences that we have are the friends we make and the people mm -hmm. that are just like us. Mm -hmm. And because somebody's just like us, we tend to do the same things just like them. And it's not always positive. Exactly, exactly. So we, we got to be careful or what we speak to others and what we teach to others. You know, I say find somebody who's going to listen to you, who's mm -hmm. going to support you on the things that will not harm you, mm -hmm. who's going to love you, genuinely love, not talking about relationships, just loving you as a person, mm -hmm. and who's going to try to bring out the best in you. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, it's interesting you say that because there have been people in my life that I considered friends that I've had to shut the door on right. because they didn't bring to the table the things you just described. Right, you absolutely. Know, if, if they contacted me, and I'm thinking of this one woman in particular, would always call me, wouldn't even say, hey, how you doing? Do you have a minute to talk? As soon as I answered the phone, would go immediately into what was going on in her life and just talk for like two hours. And I'm like, Okay, this is not a give and take situation here. Right, and I, right. I'm not your therapist. I'm your friend. And even if I weren't, you can't afford me. So I'm going to have to let this relationship go. <laughs> right. I really am. Yeah. Um, yeah. It, it, wow. I, I had a similar situation. Um, called someone that I considered a friend, not calling any names. So people mm -hmm. out there listening on the radio, you're not going to know who it is. Mm -hmm. And with that person, I reached out to share what I was going through, you know, because what because what did friends say? Call me anytime. If you right. need something, call me. So I did. Right. And I'm sharing what I was feeling and going through with, you know, some things that happened in my family. Mm -hmm. And instead of them, I guess, saying, you know, I understand, you know, you're going to be OK. Or I'll support you in this. They turned it on them. They said, well, that happened to my family, too. You know, <laughs> I was just like. Wow. wow, you you just stole that moment for me. Yeah, and, exactly. And and it made me question the friendship. I'm like, I guess we're only friends when it's convenient for you. you right, know? right. And, and you've asked me to. You said your door was open whenever I needed to talk, and now mm -hmm. I need to talk, and you just slammed it. Mm -hmm. So. Mm -hmm. So yeah, some people that are friends, they're they're convenient friends, you know. Mm -hmm. Um mm -hmm. and I understand everybody's life is busy, everybody has a lot going on, but if you mm -hmm. say call me anytime, be ready for that person to call you anytime, you anytime. know. <laughs> exactly. But, exactly. But like you said, it has to be give and take. Like because right. we're people and we both come with stuff that we need to talk about. Exactly. And and I kind of see it like in concentric circles like my closest circle are the people 
you know, that are ride or die. And I could right, call right. them at three o'clock in the morning um, and vice versa. And then I have what I call associates. Right, you know, absolutely. we're friendly. Um, I wouldn't call you in an emergency, though. But, you know, and then there are people that are really out there on the perimeter. Hey, you know, <laughs> right. neighbors and stuff, how you doing? And let's keep it moving kind of thing. I'll see you on Facebook. Bye. Right. Right. Exactly. <laughs> right. Exactly. But, you know, that's what works. And, and people can move in between those circles. But the people that are closest to me, I, I was really careful about choosing and selecting right. them to be that close to me. And, and I feel that we tend to find our friends uh, when we're going through crisis. Mm -hmm. You truly find out who's there for you, who's going to support you. Uh, when things are happy, everybody's happy. Everybody's right. fine. But right. when you are really in need, um, not always physically, but maybe emotionally in need, um, mm -hmm. maybe spiritually in need, Mm -hmm. that's when you tend to find who your real friends are and Absolutely. what they're going to bring to you. Absolutely. Absolutely. So yeah, support is, it's essential. Absolutely. And, and for me too, along with that support for me, not trying to offend anybody, but I, I also have built a strong spiritual foundation right. so that that's my rock. Absolutely. And you know, I go back to that always. And, and I believe that I've been so blessed to have those people in my life who are there for me, um, which helps me spiritually as well. Um, Absolutely. But that's important. Um, and, and to and I said this on another po podcast, maybe about two or three more, two other podcasts, uh, two or three other podcasts about um spirituality friendships relationships uh we've had the prime example um i know they're different religions but i'm gonna bring it to the christianity religion mm -hmm. uh with jesus mm -hmm. he didn't need any of us nope came here lived like we did grew up like we did but yet chose some people that we would consider questionable mm -hmm. you know who goes down to the pier to go get a fisherman you know, they they smell like fish. They've been on the water, probably wet. You know, just just right. think about it. He he didn't go to the big corporate building over here to find you know the big CEO of this company or the entertainer over here. No, he went down to mm -hmm. the pier. Mm -hmm. He picked up uh, a taxpayer. You know, people that we don't like. Right. Exactly. You know. Exactly. Um, he he picked you know somebody else to be his friend that you know that had a quick temper. Mm -hmm. He knew this man will pull out a sword in a heartbeat, you know, ready to yeah. fight. Right. So he he chose some people that they're not all the same. Mm -hmm. Um, even down to people he had conversations with. Just think about that. Exactly. People that we would consider low lives. I'm not yeah. talking to that person. Oh, they do this. That person this. But no, mm -hmm. like mm -hmm. there's value in everybody in this world. Exactly. Everybody has value. Exactly. And, and and the thing is, you have to figure out what you're going to take from that conversation. What you gonna what what kind of um, inspiration are you going to take from that person when you have mm -hmm. that conversation? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Down to I would say the homeless person on the street. There's knowledge right. and value there. Right. If you take time to listen to them. Exactly. Most times we run. Mm -hmm. 
they gonna ask me for something. Mm-hmm. They go to mm-hmm. this, but you know, there's there's knowledge everywhere. There's a story to learn from every person out here. You just have to be open to it. You just have to be willing to listen to what they're yes. saying, not how they're saying it, but to right. what they're saying. Right. Right. Exactly. And it's it's funny you mention homeless, and I mean, I've I I pride myself on not looking at a person's situation, but looking at their heart. But in 2016, I ended up being homeless, you know, and here I am somebody that had been working for 30 some years. I was a licensed therapist. I had had a good job, had a nice house, car, everything like that, lost all of it and had to rely on the kindness and benevolence of other people until I could get back on my feet. And when I tell people that, because it wasn't, it wasn't that far back, 2016, you know, people look and say, you were homeless. Yeah, I was, I was, I was sitting on the sidewalk with all my belongings in, in black garbage bags, you know, waiting for one of my church members to come and help me. And you talk about humbling. Right. Right. Um, which I believe is a big, I consider it an attribute, but that was a very humbling experience. Absolutely. And, and, and we we got to get out of our egos, you know, as society, you know, our egos say we have to be above this person. We don't mm-hmm. socialize with this person because they're beneath us, mm-hmm. you know, because they do this type of job or they don't have a job or they're trying to get somewhere. Mm-hmm. And you don't know if that person is the person that's supposed to come in your life to get you to get you to your next point. You know, exactly. Um, exactly. You don't know who you're interacting with. That's why I always say you got to respect everyone, treat yeah. everyone with kindness, because you don't yeah. know who you're talking to, you don't yep. know who you're interacting with, um, and you can't judge a book by its cover. Exactly. 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 So true. So, so true. But, and that goes back to our kids. Like, we look at the students and we go, oh, that student's not going to amount to anything. How do you know? Right. You don't know that child's future. Right. Right. And, and I mean, you know, that to me is judgmental. Right. It's demeaning. It's disrespectful. Absolutely. Because, again, you don't know what's inside that child that... If that child is nurtured in just the right way, they become that butterfly. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I had a conversation with the kid. Um, this this child talks a lot. Mm-hmm. A lot. I mean, <laughs> nonstop. And I understand it is uh, frustrating for the teacher. It's frustrating for anybody who tries to engage with this child because they never stop. It is okay. So I sat him down one day and I said, you know, let's have a conversation. I said, but we're gonna I have my walkie-talkie. I said, I will speak first and then I'll pass it over to you, then you talk. So we did it that way, and I said to him, I said, you know, you're very intelligent, you're very smart. I understand people say you talk a lot, but that's not a bad thing. Mm-hmm. There is a job for you in this world when you get older that's going to allow you to talk and talk 
and talk and engage people. I said, and you can do that. And right now, people don't see that. They're not looking at what you can be. They're looking at who you are right now. Right. And, exactly. And I wanted to encourage him that to encourage him to, so he could see that you're not a bad person. Right. That's how he feels. Mm -hmm. I'm bad, so I'm just going to do bad things. No, it's just you talk. He's a talker. He may talk mm -hmm. at the wrong moments, but encourage him to use that to his advantage in the future. Exactly. Exactly. You know, this kid would be a great um, senator or somebody who could debate with you, a lawyer or whatever. Because, mm -hmm. he, like he's like I said, he's very smart. Mm -hmm. He knows how to talk to adults in ways that we don't like. Mm. And he's only second grade. Oh wow! So, so what it is? He he's he's probably had a lot of adult conversations. Um, right. But that's something we have to nurture and and steer him in the right direction. And there are many kids out there in the world that are mm -hmm. like that. Absolutely. But we write them off because we go, "Oh, this child is going to be." How do you know? Right. You cannot determine what a child is going to be. We're not fortune tellers either. Let's give them the tools they need and and pray for them and support mm -hmm. them and encourage them, you know? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Exactly, exactly. And kind of to take it back to the vitiligo piece, that's something that my mom right. who had vitiligo used to say about, give me a chance, you know, right. don't just look at, what you see on the outside here, right. give me a chance to show you who I truly am. And, and I'll show you that I'm a pretty awesome person. Right. And, right. It, you know, I always joke about this. My mother um, was a genius. She had an IQ of 165. She was a member of Mensa. My grandmother was a member of Mensa. And so I joke with people, like when they were handing out intellect, I must have been in the bathroom because <laughs> they sort of overlooked me or something. But my mom, with her level of intelligence and dealing with the vitiligo, and she would see people looking at her funny. Right. And sometimes she would say to people, don't judge me by what you see because you don't know who I am in here. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know? And um she was a big proponent of that. I love that about her. And you and I had this conversation uh, early. And for our listeners, yes, uh, Nia's mom and Vitiligo, that's how we connected at one of our meetings. I, I stopped her and talked to her. And I said, Nia, I would like for you to be on my podcast. And you were like, hey, we got a connection. My mom and Vitiligo, you know. <laughs> mm -hmm. So I, I say it's all connected, yes. <laughs> you know. But yes. One thing that that is one thing I want to say to our community. It is not what we look like on the outside that matters. It is who you are on the inside. And right. but you have to believe in who you are. You have yes. to show people this is who I am. Yes, I'm awesome. Uh, and and in all reality, the skin changes. Mm -hmm. Not just I know our skin changes because of the color, but still we age, we change, you know. Might get a bump or bruise. I mean, it's your outside, it's your covering, but it's your heart and everything, your spirit. That's what people are gonna see. Right. You exactly. know, you walk in that room with your head up high and with confidence. Guess what? People are gonna look like, ooh, who's that person? Mm -hmm. They're not looking at vitiligo. Right. They're looking at right. I, I wanna know, I want to figure out who this person is, you know. 
Mm -hmm. yep. It's like they're looking at your spirit. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know? And and that that really just emanates from you. And and I'm saying that to you personally because it does. Because when I met you at our meeting, it was like, wow, this is a really cool guy who is doing some good things to make some changes in our world to help people understand that it's not just the outside because you know right. think about right. it you live to 101 years old we might be wrinkly and saggy right. and all that kind of stuff <laughs> but that's not who we are absolutely absolutely that's not who we are absolutely right. and i and i thank you for that now i had a conversation um was it last year or year before with someone and the question came up you know, you know what legacy will you live will you leave when you pass mm -hmm. away and i said well what kind of legacy are you talking about are you talking financially i said this world is crazy financially i may have it may not have it I right. said, but it's not money that i'm leaving it's the mm -hmm. impact i'm making on the world today that's what i want to leave for my kids you know exactly. they can say my dad was a good man mm -hmm. you know he he was a change agent he helped people he supported people that's mm -hmm. more important than anything else a, a good reputation you know Absolutely. did i make mistakes in life yeah of course mm -hmm. there are some flaws there you know but still i yeah. want my kids to see that i'm doing good for others you know yes. i'm trying to help others yes. and not just with the vitiligo community um because i do feel like every conversation i have with one of my guests is for anybody this mm -hmm. is something that anybody can take with them to say, mm -hmm. you know what, I can use this conversation, what they said in this conversation to help make my life better, Absolutely. including including me. And I want my listeners to know when I talk to my guests, I'm taking something back also and mm -hmm. say, you know what, I'm going to use this in my life because it's going to help me. Right. It's going to make me a better person. Right. Right. And, exactly. and it's like that each time I talk to somebody. And it's interesting, uh, Nia, because I've had, oh, excuse me, had conversations with people all around the world. Um, mm -hmm. One of my friends from the Czech Republic, and and I'm going to bring her up because it was kind of a odd way we connected. Uh, she has been mm -hmm. a also. She's in the community, and I reached out. I was just like, uh, "Would you like to be on a podcast?" But, mm -hmm. but something kept telling me, "Reach out to her. Reach out. Reach out." Mm -hmm. And she called me back. Uh, well, she reached out through me, to me through Messenger and left me messages. And, oh, I wanted to be on your show. I didn't know how to go about being on your show. I was just telling I think she was with a boyfriend at the time. And I, um, I was telling him, I want to be on this podcast. And you reached out. And, you know, we're on the train now. And, and to me, that's a legacy. Because you don't mm -hmm. know who's listening. Mm -hmm. You don't know how you're impacting people. Um, mm -hmm. and I'll often say this, I don't know whose life I'm touching. I don't, I don't right. ask, I don't go out there and say, Hey, send me a, a like, or send me a message. Let me know how it impacted life. No, Absolutely. let's just do it, it quietly. You know, if, if something I've said or a podcast I've had has made an impact on you, you take that with you. I don't, I don't need the glory. You take it right. with you and use it to how you see fit. Right. And, you know, never in my life would I've thought that I would talk to somebody from the Czech Republic, right? Canada, Brazil, different places, you know, 
Um, even as simple, I know Puerto Rico is a U.S. territory and someone in Puerto Rico and just, you know, all these different places that mm-hmm. I, I didn't think I would connect, even people mm-hmm. in other states, because um, our, our circles sometimes could be small. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. Raleigh, mm-hmm. friendship, certain places in New Jersey, maybe a friend here and there, my kids in Dallas, you know, uh, that's my mm-hmm. circle. Mm-hmm. But then through the podcast, I'm talking to people in Detroit and Chicago and um, Minnesota and Boston and, you know, some in D.C., Maryland, all a little bit of look everywhere. Exactly. And I'm going, wow. OK, this is what it's all about. Right. <laughs> but, right. But I enjoy it because I feel like we're, we are restructuring the world little by little. All of us, exactly. you know, because exactly. we're sharing our journeys and letting people know we're human beings. Absolutely. And Absolutely. with that, you don't have to stay the way you are. You can change. You have to want to. Exactly. But Nia, we're getting close to ending this podcast. I'm looking at the time like, man, okay, this is going by too fast. But what I'm going to do, I'm going to let you kind of close things out with some words of encouragement, anything you want to say, and then I'll wrap it up and then we'll close out. If I had to bring you on again, I will. Okay. That's how we do it. I love it. I love it. Awesome. Awesome. This, this has just been a wonderful experience for me and talk about takeaways. Um, You know, the fact that you are able to reach so many people around the world is just, again, that humbles me because that that is just awesome. I, I did want to say one quick thing before I talk about change, and that just has to do with loss of grief. Um, I think I had shared with you that I lost a daughter to leukemia, and yes. that put me in a dark place c- contemplating suicide when I was homeless, tried suicide. But the thing that I get from that is we're going to love people that we lose. Right. But you don't have to try and end your life because you can't, you don't think you can deal with the pain. The pain can be profound, but the pain can also lead to profound changes within me. And it did. And what that spurred me to do was to be a better person, make changes in myself. And if I can say something to anybody, you can change. You may think, oh, I can't, or, you know, the situation or circumstances that I'm in won't allow me to. And and that's poppycock. You can change. You do have to want to do it. And you can do it with a support system around you, people that love you. Get rid of the dead weight and just surround yourself with people who are supportive of you and will champion you on the challenges and obstacles you overcome. But people can change. And, you know, these days I can stand on the street corner and nobody's going to drive by and roll up the window and lock the doors when they look at me. Right. They might because of my blonde hair, but that's a whole different story. (laughs) But, you know, when I meet people today, it's about, wow, Let's talk about what's going on with you. Right. And let me help you understand that if you want to make some profound changes in your life and and thrive, not just survive, but thrive, let's work on some tools to help you do that. Absolutely. 
because you can change. And I believe in you, even if you don't believe in yourself, I'll believe in you long enough until you do believe in yourself and you can go forward. So yes, people can definitely change and I'm living proof of that. Absolutely. Well, well, like I said, at that training, when I heard your story, I said, man, I said, I don't know how to approach her, but I would love to have her on the podcast. I said, it's so powerful. And, 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 and something just said, just ask. <laughs> and I did. I stopped you and asked you, you know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, and and I'm getting better at that because I, sometimes I wouldn't ask people because, you know, it is a personal thing to ask people, you know, to come on and share their journey. And some people are ready, some are not. Um, mm-hmm. And I don't pressure people. If you say you want to come on and share your story, but you're not ready yet, no problem. Mm-hmm. Whenever you're ready. Right. Um, right. Because I, I remember even myself in the beginning, I wasn't ready. It was offered to me and I took it. But everybody's at a different stage in life. Mm-hmm. And we don't always know why we do certain things at certain stages. Because mm-hmm. um, at the stage I accepted, you know, doing my first podcast, I was in a, I was in a good place. Mm-hmm. You know? mm-hmm. um, has she asked me that in 2018 or early 2019, I would have said no. I would have said no. Um, The the things I do in the community, if this was twenty twenty eighteen and before that, I would have said no. I wasn't Mm -hmm. ready. I wasn't ready to share. And Mm -hmm. I say everything, every experience I've had has molded me and shaped me into who I am today, into where I am. Exactly. And I have to look at that and learning from the students. Mm-hmm. And let me say this to the adults out there. If you have children, whether they're young or old, you can still learn from them. Yes. There's a lot to learn if we stop and listen to them. A exactly. lot they can share. Um, I'm going to share a prime example, and then I'm going to wrap things up. I was working with a student that was in a wheelchair. Mm-hmm. He had no mobility except for a motorized wheelchair. But he had friends galore. I mean, all the little girls loved him. All the friends loved him. Mm-hmm. I worked with him on his self-esteem. But at the time, I was struggling with my own self-esteem. Mm-hmm. And it it made me stop for a minute and look and go, wait a minute. This child can't walk nor run. Mm-hmm. He needs help getting mm-hmm. onto like the toilet and different things. Mm-hmm. I don't have those issues. I don't. Mm-hmm. But yet, my self-esteem is so low. Why? Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to be. Mm-hmm. And I will watch him. I will watch his confidence. I'm like, come on, man. Why can I be mm-hmm. as confident as him? You know? Mm-hmm. Um, and I learned a lot from him, just watching how he lived his life. Right. Although I was the one helping him. But I had to use that to help myself. Mm-hmm. Like, wow, okay, if he can do it, I can too. Right. You know, and, right. and for our listeners and for our community, same thing. You know, look at the examples you have around you. You know, the mm-hmm. positive things that you see, whether it's within our community, whether it's at your job, work, church, wherever. Mm-hmm. You know, look at those positive examples, and use those things to help you. You know, build yourself up. Um, 
And I'm going to say before we wrap up, you know, we we are all going through some challenging times, you know, mm-hmm. whether it's dealing with the economy, whether it's dealing with politics and some of the racial stuff we're seeing and mm-hmm. um, personal conflicts at home and relationship issues. You know, everybody's dealing with something to some degree. Right. Right. But what we have to do is remember that no matter what you're going through, there's always somebody who's there to say, you know what, I'll walk with you. Mm-hmm. I'll talk with you. Mm-hmm. I will care for you. I will love you. I'll be here. Mm-hmm. And, I, and and let me say this. I'm not talking about, when I say love, I'm not talking about always relationship. It's just, mm-hmm. straight, you know, caring, people that care, people that share, people that really see who you are as a person, mm-hmm. you know. Absolutely. Um, And I always end my show in the same way that I always say the world is in need of love. Mm-hmm. The world is struggling with the idea of love. You know, we see it, you turn on the TV, you see wars and the battles and things that are happening. We have to take care of each right. other. But it's right. it's gonna start with love and it's gonna end with love. You know, take the time to love who you are as a person. Take the time to love other people. And I say that family, friends, your spouse, if you have one, if not, that person that you really like, significant other, whoever, whoever it is, mm-hmm. your enemy. You know, people you mm-hmm. don't like, because that might be the person that gets you to the next level of life. Think Absolutely. Absolutely. Right. Absolutely. And most of all, look in that mirror and tell yourself, I love you, because we don't mm-hmm. do it enough. Mm-hmm. We'll tell somebody else, I love you, before we say it to ourselves. So yep. for my listeners, look in that mirror, practice, say it. I love you and mean it. Mm-hmm. You have been listening to Living Life and Love. I'm your host, Mark Braxton from Raleigh, North Carolina, with my special guest, Nia Rose. Thank you, Nia. Thank you for coming on. Thank you. Oh, my God. And to our listeners, thank you, thank you. And to our listeners, continue to tune in because you never know who I'm going to have on. Always a surprise guest. But look, take once again, take time to love yourself. Stay blessed. Stay safe. Once again, listen to Living Life and Love, Mark Braxton from Raleigh, North Carolina. You have been listening to Living Life and Love with your host, Mark Braxton from Raleigh, North Carolina. Good Friends Podcast can be listened to on Blog Talk Radio, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and on Facebook. Once again, Good Friends Podcast is sponsored by My Vitiligo Team. Thank you.